0: Welcome to the Skill Stack Podcast, a podcast with one aim in mind, to bring you the best ideas, tactics, and information to help you grow your confidence, your value, and your bank balance with every epic. Here is your host, author, public speaker, and world record holder, Ray McLennan. Hello and welcome to the Skillstack podcast and my name is Ray McLennan, I'm the creator of Skillstack.com and your host and I'm here in the Skillstack studio with another episode to help you discover and understand the best skills for the future for you and to give you simple actions that you can implement today to enhance and embed those skills. Now this will help you raise your value to yourself, your family, your business and your community. Now we're seeing massive changes in the workplace. Having a variety of the right type of skills is going to be vital, whether you are employed, self-employed, or just starting out. Now, this episode, uh, number 46 in series three, sometimes no is what you need to hear. Now, if you're driving and listening to this, Uh, or unable to take notes, you will get some uh, notes in the show notes in the podcast app, depending on what you use. You scroll down, the notes will be there. So without any further delay, here we go. Now, uh, the word no. What does that conjure up for you? Is it memories of your childhood? Probably. First heard when you tried to get your finger into an electrical socket, or your mum and dad suggested that one simple word to you, uh, suggesting it probably wasn't a good idea. No, don't put your finger in there. Or did you first remember hearing it when you asked for more sweets? Nope, you're not getting any more sweets. Or was it a memory of asking somebody out on a date? And again, in one word, they politely declined. Or was it a first sales job when you asked for the order and they said no? Whatever it was and whenever it was, chances are that there are negative emotions connected to that word. Now, It's the one word that for many people conjures up a fear of rejection. People don't like to be rejected. If they said no, that means they don't like me. Well, it doesn't. The first thing to understand about rejection is there are two types. There's personal rejection and concept rejection. Now the good news is that the majority of the time when someone is saying no, they're not rejecting you, so don't take it personally. In business, in most cases, it's actually concept rejection. Think about a scenario. Instead of the word no being used against you, um, I'm I'm absolutely certain that you've used it on a regular basis. Now, imagine that you're at home and, you know, the phone rings, landline, let's say, which is very unusual. And against all your instincts, you answer it. Or again, against all your instincts, anyway, mine anyway. You answer your mobile phone, cell phone if you're in the US, Um, A shout out to you guys, by the way, in the US. Hello, how are you? Especially that cluster of people in Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you all for listening. Anyway, you answer against your better judgment, and the caller says something like, Hi, how are you today? Or they ask for you by name. Now, whatever it is that they say or whatever tactic they use, you can tell from the short delay and the first phrase and them uttering their first word and probably the background noise, you can tell that it's a sales call. Now, Sales callers have been trained, some might say programmed, to get you to say yes. Now, I've been in some sales training programmes in my time, and the way it was described to me at the time was like, you know, you've got to take a prospect uh, down the script, like taking them down the corridor in a building, for example. And every 10 or 20 feet, there's a door. And each time you get the prospect to say yes, a door closes behind them and they can't escape. So if you can get them to say yes several times, then when you ask for the order, they've been pre-programmed to say yes, boom, you have the order. Now, the last simple questions and the only possible answer to say is yes. You know, do you love your children? Do you want them to be safe? If anything happened to you, do you drink water? I mean, who in their right mind is going to say no to those questions? Well what happens a lot of the time, is that you know it's a sales call and you don't want whatever they're offering. So if you're anything like me, you make an excuse and you hang up. Now, I know that some people can be downright rude on both sides, but, you know, I sort of figure that, well, manners cost nothing. The person calling is on minimum wage or commission only, and is probably only in the job through sheer desperation. So, you know, who am I to ruin their day? After all, they are simply what's known as the qualifier. So how it works is the computer calls up hundreds of numbers, and when one is actually answered, it gets put through to the next available qualifier, hence the short time delay. When the qualifier wants to get you to agree, uh, they want to get you to agree to talk to someone else who's the closer. So if you say yes to all their questions, then they put you through to the experienced closer. Now, I'll be honest, quite a few times I quite like to play that game. I like to listen to the language they use and study the system. I mean, after all, the company calling will have spent thousands of hours fine-tuning the scripts, the closers will give feedback on what works and what doesn't work on those scripts, and the whole system and process will have had some of the best minds in the world behind it. So if you're any way connected to selling or persuasion or trying to understand the human condition then these calls can actually be well worth listening to. It's the same with sales emails, but, you know, that's, that's for another day. So this podcast is about hearing the word no. Why is that? Well, sometimes the word yes can be fake. It's not really a yes. It's a yes, please leave me alone. And I'm not able to say no to you. The only other word that's worse than yes for salespeople is maybe or I'll think about it. No, you won't. You just want rid of them, to be honest. So you want to hear the word no because the word can provide an opportunity to find out what you or they really want by eliminating what you or they don't want. Now yes and maybe are quite often useless in any negotiation or discussion, but no changes the discussion and it changes the direction of that discussion and usually this will save a lot of time. Another reason why you want to hear the word no early on. Now, I remember many years ago when I was doing my legal training. Now, I came to the law much later than most people. I had run my own businesses. I had a life outside the law. I knew what things felt like from a customer-client point of view. And so in the summer months when the university where I was studying law was off, they always wanted you to try and get an internship at a local law firm. Easier said than done. Now, quite a few of the students already had internships lined up, and they'd arranged these one or even two years in advance. Well, I never knew about anything about that. I didn't know you had to do these things well in advance because I hadn't come straight from school where they teach you to do that. Um, I discovered that, you know, that was the formal route to go. But I only found that out in April when the internships would start at the end of May. Now, being confident and optimistic, I said to the other students, well, I'll simply go and ask a firm and secure a place. A lot of them laughed and wished me good luck. Actually, they laughed and said, I had no chance, if you really want to know. Now, that was a challenge I was prepared to accept. However, each time I asked a law firm about getting an internship, they said no. Now, they were very polite about it, but each time I asked a a number of different firms, the answer was still no. So I pushed a little further. I pressed ahead with one particular law firm partner and I said, look, everyone keeps saying no. Why? Don't they want the benefit of my years of experience? He looked at me and he said, well, you know, you might have years of experience in business, but you've got no experience as a lawyer. And most firms have their quota of interns already in place. Excuse me. So you're no use to us until you have some experience. So I pushed a little further. Well, so how do I get this experience if nobody's going to let me in? He said, all right, OK, if you're serious about this, do a few months at the local Citizens Advice Bureau and get some real life cases under your belt. And then if they like you and if they give you a glowing report, that's the Citizens Advice Bureau, then I'll take you in next year as an intern. I thought, right, we're getting somewhere, so I pushed a little further. Look, I said, that might be okay if I was 21, fresh out of school, but I've got 10 years of business life experience and that's going to waste by just doing that. What if you let me join Citizens Advice Bureau and I can do two days a week with them and three days a week with you? He said, well, I'll think about it. So I pushed again. I went, I said, well, what what is it you have to think about? He said, well, I said, I have to think because I have to convince the other partners to let in another intern, an extra intern join the firm. And that could be a challenge. His think about it was just another way to say no and get me out of his office. Now, I knew one of the other partners. There were over 20 of them. But to manage things, they had a management group or a committee of five partners and my guy was in the group. Now one way to get things passed or voted through a group or committee is to have an ally on the inside. Now I further found out that the management team of five partners nearly always voted on things after a short discussion. And the vote for anything to pass was quite simple, it just needed to be three to two. And when I asked him if he would not only talk about my suggestion but to support it in a vote, he said yes he would. Now after our exchange he now knew that I was a bit more pushy and street smart and persistent but not in a way that would put clients off because he'd not been put off. In fact I'd got him to go from no to I'll think about it to yes so he knew I could convince and persuade and that might be a benefit to the firm. Now I know this because he told me later on. I said to him you went from no I'll think about it to yes in under 15 minutes. So what caused you to do that? He said, well, I was quite persuasive, and a good lawyer needs to be persuasive. Now, notice what I said to him. What caused you to do that? That took the emphasis away from me trying to persuade him to him persuading himself that he'd made a good decision. Now, I didn't want to leave his office and for him to have second thoughts. So I made sure that I embedded the good reason for his decision, but that had to come from him and not from me. So when I say that no is sometimes what you need to hear, here's why. No is the start of the negotiation, not the end. Now, as I demonstrated earlier, we've all been conditioned to hear the word no as a bad thing and to be afraid of it. But when people say no, it does not mean that. It doesn't mean, you know, I have considered all the facts at my disposal and come to a logical conclusion. Instead, no is simply used casually as a way to avoid making a decision and not to consider all the facts at your disposal and come to a logical conclusion. Now, the human brain, remember, is controlled by a two-million-year-old reptile toddler, the reptile brain, and it's always looking for shortcuts and for a reason to keep things as they are. So the default setting in most people, especially local council planning officers, doctors, receptionists and some parents is simply to say no to protect themselves. People need to feel that they are in control. And if you accept their no and give them permission to say no as many times as they like, but moving them in the right direction, then they feel safe and they feel in control. Now, other ways that no can be hidden. It might not even be the word no that you hear. It might be a variation of the word. And you need to be on your guard and listen for these verbal clues. Things, examples such as, um, I need to talk to my boss, my partner, my wife, Um, I don't understand it, I can't afford it, I don't think I need it, it's not what I want, I don't need it now, I think I need a different version, and so on. Now if you recall earlier when I said I hear the word no, I like to push back a bit. Let me give you another example. In our house, when when I ask my kids a simple question, by simple I mean something like, you know, what do you want for dinner or where would you like to go on Saturday morning? Quite often they might reply with, "Mm, I don't know. So my pushback, and this is a good one to to use with, with kids, is to say, well, if you did know. Now they used to think about it further and come up with some suggestions. But now though, my son, who's 11, he's got a little bit smarter and he says, well, if I did know, I would tell you. So I have to push a bit further and say, okay, well, tell me then. And then I put in a couple of suggestions. So for dinner, I might say, well, you can have broccoli and cheese or pasta. Now, he hates broccoli and cheese, so he might, be, he might reply with, well, I don't want ordinary pasta. Could I have tuna pasta or hamburgers? But at the end of the day, that's a result. I've now got out of him, you know, my original question, what do you want for dinner? He didn't know, but we pushed a little further and, you know, he comes up with it. You can do the same with adults. Now, Again, you can do this too, obviously, if you've got children, feel free to practice on them. But if you practice today, if you take one thing away from this podcast um, and somebody says to you, ever says to you, I don't know, try saying, well, if you did know, just do it in that way. Well, if you did know, if you did know, and then and then they think about it a little further. They, they tend not to go, well, I, even like my son did, it took him a long time to come up with that one where he said, well, if I knew I'd tell you. The people do tend to go, "Mm, well, I'll think about it a little further. And that's what I want you to do. Push that little bit further, just gentle prodding, not in an an insulting way or anything, just in a sort of gentle prodding way. So if you're dealing with adults who came up with other ways to say no, such as, you know, um, I need to talk to my boss, my partner, my wife, I don't understand it, I can't afford it, I don't think I need it, it's not what I want, I don't need it now, Uh, I think I need a different version, then you need to push back, that's all. So remember, no is the start of the negotiation, not the end. So your pushing questions might be, um, what would you need to make this work? Or what is it specifically that bothers you? What is it specifically that you need to think about? Or have you given up on this? Have you? Is this something you've given up on? Now, those are questions that will elicit a no response. Have you given up on this project? I might say to people after a while, and they go, no, 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 no. We're just trying to, you know fix something. So when it comes to negotiation or selling, a lot of people will say yes. Or they'll say the classic counterfeit yes, which is definitely a phrase you've heard before. I'll think about it. So in a selling context, the salesman puts that down as a maybe or a potential customer, something to go in the pipeline. Now, there's a great book on negotiation, uh, negotiating by uh, a guy called Chris Voss, and it's called Never Split the Difference. And he talks about three kinds of yes in there, which are actually a no. A counterfeit yes, a confirmation yes, and then the one you want, which is the commitment yes. So the counterfeit yes is where the person plans on saying no, but uses the word yes to get out of saying no. So it's called counterfeit because it's not real. And then the confirmation yes is just a simple response with no actual thought given to it and no real promise of any action. The commitment yes is the one you want to get to. That's the one that makes things happen. That's when contracts get signed, money or goods or services change hands with a commitment yes. So you need to understand and be able to tell the difference between the counterfeit yes, the confirmation yes and the commitment yes. Now I was going to say more about the counterfeit yes uh, because it's mostly... Um, commonly heard by the prospects of a traditional salesman when they want to get away from someone or to get out of committing any, any, anything. But hey, this is not about the word yes, it's about why you need to hear, hear the word no. Now we're going to do more on the counterfeit yes in another podcast episode, but, but back to the word no and why you need to hear it. So no is not a rejection, it's not someone being stubborn and it's not the end of the negotiation, it's actually the start. It can allow the real reasons to be identified. It can slow things down, which in many negotiations people like. They don't want to be rushed into things. This gives them a chance to think. If you're not hearing the word no in your negotiations, then you might need to force one out. For example, by saying the opposite of what they said to you earlier. Now, this can make the person listen and correct you. And they'll say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant this. And then they tell you or repeat or reinforce what they want or what they don't want. So in conclusion, do not be put off by the word no. Look for it early on and get it out of the way. If people can say no, then they are simply in need of more information. They feel in control, but it's your job to give them the more information and to help them and make them feel in control, but all the time guiding it towards the ultimate conclusion. Okay, so that's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you like this podcast, feel free to leave a review and share with anyone who might benefit from listening. Remember, reviews are good for getting this out to more and more people because the listenership will rise. So if you haven't done a review, please do one for me now. You can find more information in the show notes that will accompany these episodes and if you've got any questions you want to ask me anything in this podcast you can join the Skill Stack on Facebook or in Twitter at the Skill Stack or you can email us directly info at com. Now, if you want to discover the power of accelerated personal growth, you can't sign up to Mindset Training Strategy Modules at the Skillstack because applications are now closed. They will open up again in a few months, and I will let you know. So once again, thanks for listening, and I hope to talk to you again on the next episode. And remember, the greatest investment you'll ever make is investing in yourself. I've been Ray McLennan. This has been the Skillstack Podcast. Thank you once again for listening, and goodbye.